Bogart, the recreational review podcast where we rate hits by fading out before we fade in. So, whether you're here for the plot or the pot, we'll roll cameras and roll joints and curate a pairing experience both celluloid and cannabinoid in nature. Welcome to December, buds! <laughs> We're doing it! We're doing some alternative holiday titles for this entire month. We've got four great episodes, four great guests, four great strains, and four great movies coming at you from the vaults of Let's Bogart. Uh, I'm really excited about it. I, I uh, honestly, okay, so here's the thing I have a complicated relationship with the holidays because my birthday is December 24th. <laughs> and I grew up in a Catholic household, uh, and my dad is. A deacon for the Catholic Church. So when we were growing up, uh, uh, my birthday was also Jesus's birthday. And let me tell you, uh, he gets a lot more attention than I do in certain circles. <laughs> His following is so much larger than my my following. <laughs> Uh, no, it, it was just, uh, it was a thing. It's, it's a whole, uh, uh, the holidays are complicated for me. So, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited to get into some movies that, uh, are not necessarily, uh, uh, the, you know, like, uh, my, my, my dad will watch, like, White Christmas and It's a Wonderful Life and, uh, there's other movies, like, uh, I try to watch, uh, uh, uh my uh, my fiance Kristen, who's been on the podcast a couple times, Kristen Zaza, she loves watching. She loves the story of a Christmas Carol because guess what? It's ghosts and it's Christmas. <laughs> uh, so she loves watching a Christmas Carol, but she likes uh, some different versions of it. She likes the one that uh, uh, Jim Carrey did with uh, uh, what's his name, Beowulf, and Back to the Future, and <laughs> uh, Zemeckis. Robert Zemeckis, uh, the the Zemeckis uh, 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 Christmas Carol, she likes. She also, uh, I, re- I and I agree with her. Uh, I love Muppet Christmas Carol. I think Michael Michael Caine is incredible in it. I think the Muppets are equally great <laughs> at their parts. Um, uh, so we try. We 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 go watch one of those. But uh, there's some other ones that I I like watching. Um, yeah, maybe every year, maybe every couple of years. Either way, we're gonna we're gonna watch them and we're gonna smoke some weed and uh, talk about them, <laughs> and it's gonna be great. So thanks for showing up uh, today. We have a great pairing. We are smoking uh, Redican's Cold Creek Kush. Now you probably are are familiar with this one. This one's been a stalwart on the legal market since Redican uh, has come out on the scene. It's their hybrid. If you've ever gotten a, a hybrid uh, Redis, the Redican Redis, uh, small cigarette roll, 0.35s, uh, you've probably smoked Cold Creek Kush at some point. I got it in the flower for the first time. I've never gotten a Redican flower, but uh, I, I was excited about it. And it was, uh, it was, you know, after some disappointing strains, <laughs> I'm looking at you, Sensibella Powdered Donuts, uh, it was great to get one with some real smell on it. Uh, so we're going to talk about it. It's a, it's a sativa, it, it's a hybrid, it, there's argument over whether it's sativa leaning or indica. Kush seems to indicate indica, right? 
But the OCS listed as Sativa. Now, can we <laughs> trust the OCS for everything? Absolutely not. But uh, but there you go. Hopefully they figure it out and get back to us. I'm going to say that it's a hybrid. <laughs> it's a cross of MK Ultra and Kebdog 91. Uh, it comes with THC that's usually 17 to 23%. It's grown in the Niagara region. I'm excited to get into that. We paired that up with one of my favorite movies of all time since I was a kid. A Christmas movie like no other Christmas movie because it has literally my favorite fictional character of all time. And it is Batman. We're watching Batman Returns. Uh, it was released June 19th, 1992. It's an action crime fantasy, according to IMDb. And I think that actually really uh, describes it quite well. Uh, it's a two-hour and six-minute movie. Rotten Tomatoes gave it 80%. Metacritic gave it 68 And we had a wonderful conversation about it with a good friend of mine who is so awesome. So, you know what? Like, let's, let's, not, let's not mince words. Let's get into the conversation that we're about to have. That's what you're here for. That's what I'm here to give. And so, because it's the holiday season, I'm ready to give right now. So, uh, Daniel, can you tell us who we got on the podcast today? My next guest is an award-winning actor who was born in Scarborough, Ontario, and raised in Newmarket, Ontario. He is a star of stage and screen. He graduated in 2008 from the University of Toronto and Sheridan College Joint Acting Program. In 2011, Cossum was one of eight actors across Canada to join the Soul Pepper Academy, a performance residency with Soul Pepper Theatre Company. And in 2013, he was appointed an International Actor Fellow of Shakespeare's Globe in London. He is a company member of, get this, Stratford Festival. Soul Pepper Theater Company, Can Stage, Charlottetown Festival, National Art Center, Citadel Theater, Alberta Theater Projects, Theater Pass Mirai, Buddies in Bad Times, Video Fag, and Theater Direct, among many others. Cossum was nominated for two Dora Awards for his work on Theater Direct's Beneath the Banyan Tree. He was nominated for a My Theater Award and Broadway World Award for his work on All's Well That Ends Well. He was also the John, he also won the John Hirsch Award at the Stratford Festival with all these accomplishments. Now, you'd think he'd have no time for more, but he also recently appeared on Stratfest at Home, the Stratford Festival's digital offerings hub, where he was joined in the kitchen by festival executive chef Kendrick Prinz to whip up some grub from Shakespeare's plays from the Strawberries and Richard III to the funeral baked meats in Hamlet. You can still check it out. Not only that, but he is about to appear in Coal Mine Theater's The Antipodes by Annie Baker in January, making me think of the quote about alexander the great weeping for there were no more worlds left to conquer please welcome my very talented friend Cossum khan Cossum, welcome <laughs> to the show <laughs> thank you for having me that is the it's like i wrote that introduction myself <laughs> it's amazing and i'm also like who the fuck is that dipshit that you're talking about that's disgusting he's a that celebrated so actor thespian uh, cooking show host Cossum Khan. Oh, it's it's a big get for the show to have you on, my friend. I are you kidding me? It's a big get for me to be asked to be on it. I'm like honored. I think your show is amazing. <laughs> Fuck. 
Well, buddy, this is a this is a uh, a cannabis show. So the the first question that I tend to ask people is, what do you remember about your first time experiencing cannabis? Um, I was I've been thinking about this a lot recently because I think it's like um, it's a really good example of like my personality. Okay. Um, so I, my first I was a late bloomer on like literally everything. So I touched pot for the first time in, at a party in first year at theater school. Uh, I think it was probably the same night that I had like my first like Smirnoff lemonade cooler, something, something. Um, <clears throat> so it was like a really big night. Yeah. And uh, um, I remember we ended, it was at this party at uh, a guy named Connor his, at his place at his, yeah, at his, at his residence place, house, whatever. Um, he had this big party. We had a party and then a bunch of us went upstairs like towards the end of the night and like someone shut the door and then someone pulled out a guitar oh. and then we passed around a joint. And I, 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 I could see what was happening. Like I, I it was like I was outside of the room looking in on it. <laughs> and I was like, this looks like the most basic university moment in the world like, especially because someone pulled out a guitar yeah 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 and and so it's like someone was like strumming sorry simon and garfunkel music <laughs> while we were <laughs> passing around this joint meanwhile i'm sitting there being like this is basic and then i i by mistake said it out loud so this room that was full of like really lovely lovely super chill people that just want to like strum a guitar and be high i, I come in and i'm like yo <laughs> some basic shit going on here like that's some basic fucking shit I'm like are we really doing this like this is what we're this is what we're doing i love it terrible and then i left because <laughs> no one liked me that night uh and then i went home but then for the next like um maybe i'm gonna say two weeks mm -hmm. all i could smell everywhere was pot yeah and all I heard were police sirens <laughs> everywhere. Oh. I felt so guilty. <laughs> and I literally would like look out the window to be like, I thought I heard a cop. They're coming for me. Like, because like, oh, no, no, I was high two days ago. The weed was illegal <laughs> back then. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, that's my uh, first first contact with pot. Oh, my God. That's so funny. So what what was the the distance between uh, doing it that first time and the second time that you did it? Uh, the second time I would have done it, I didn't actually do it that much at university in the yeah. end, but I guess the, the second most significant time would have been, <laughs> it would have been like one of the few times that I bought illegal pot. This is also a ridiculous story. Amazing. Not ridiculous. Um, I guess, so yeah, the second time was, I, I think it was like in between relationships. So I had just uh, broken up with my two exes ago. And got together. I was about to get together with another ex ago. That's a great share costume. Well done. Um, uh, but it was this period in between mm -hmm. where I was just like doing whatever I want. And so I was doing this show at Video Fag in Kensington Market. And before a show one time, I took a, I had to take an Uber there. Uh, I got out of the Uber and like, I look like an old man. Like I generally just look like an old man. So I was wearing like an old man coat with like an old man bag going to like queer political theater place to do a play. <laughs> and um, I got out of the, uh, the Uber and this kid cut kid comes up to me like, pro like maybe 13 comes up to me and is like, yo man, do you want to buy some pot? 
And I was like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I do. <laughs> and I thought he didn't have anything to take it in. He was obviously starting out in this business. Didn't have baggies. He didn't have like supplies. Yeah, yikes. Um, so he pulled out a big bag of pot from his pocket and he was like, how much do you want? And like, I don't, I've never bought this before. It, yeah. This is my first time buying it too. Yeah, yeah. Like I've never bought this before. Uh, I don't know how to get what, like a fistful, I guess I'll take a fistful. <laughs> he put a handful in my pocket. I think I had like this 50 bucks in my pocket. And I was like, Here, thank you. And I had loose, loose weed in that one coat for months, yeah. months. You didn't take it out of the pocket and put it in a bag. No, like it was just like there. I'm like, <laughs> they're just kicking around, knowing it. I knowing love that. It was that. So would people yeah. be like, I, I can smell some weed. You'd be like, oh, that's just my own pocket. Don't worry about it. No, I was like, that's your guilty conscience. Yeah. First year. <laughs> do you hear sirens too? Yeah, do you hear sirens too? <laughs> if you want to make friends, don't make fun of them for having a guitar. <laughs> so what do you, what do you find you, uh, like, have you been to legal shops and stuff now? Yeah, totally. Like I, 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 there's like a few dispensaries in my area that I, I, I go to all the time. And what do you, what do you ask for when you go in? Are you, um, do you talk to the people? Do you have your, your tried and true that you get? I have like, yeah, like I have like a rotation of pot that I get from there. I don't talk to people there yeah. though. I like weed people make me very, very nervous. Do they? And so, <laughs> yeah, they do. They're so smart. <laughs> um, like you're really smart. No, <laughs> it's no, no. Intimidating. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so no, I like order it online, but I do that with like I don't like talking to people. So like, yeah, if I go, it's like a, if there was a self checkout, I, I would do it. Um, really nice, really nice person. I <laughs> uh, but yeah, I have like a rotation of different pot that I've kind of been that I guess I started buying just before COVID. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and then during the pandemic, I've like gone through phases of using them. I've like scrapped some. I've found a couple that I really, really like that I now go go through all the time. Cool. Um, yeah. Which yeah. ones? Do you mind me asking? Uh, well, like Reddy's Cold Creek Kush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in the same thing, like a little pre-roll, they also make uh, one called Wapa. That's a Indica, yeah. Yeah. Indica one. And then I didn't realize there was two more kinds. And so I bought, like I have like a stash of these little black boxes <laughs> with these like cute little fucking joints uh <laughs> kicking around but yeah so those ones are pretty solid and then um something called so they're all those ones the wapa is indica heavy uh cold Kush is sativa heavy yeah uh and and then my second one is by a company called good supply oh yeah yeah which one and um it's called jangi jangi yeah like that's like a very different kind of high from these other ones yeah, but very. that's part of the little rotation as well nice yeah and do you find like like uh, like Zhang Yi is a sativa? Do you find that you go for the sativas during the day and indicas at night? Do you find that like days I, off, I feel like I'm a weirdo off. who like I have sativa and can go straight to bed. Like yeah, it all yeah, just like sort of I, hits you the same. It hits me the same kind of like I I start I, I was also realizing like oh maybe this is why I overthink lots of things <laughs> is because I'm constantly smoking sativa pot right before bed. <laughs> uh, and so I, I was like I mean get some indicas. That's why I got the wapa pre-roll yeah, too and it's a it, yeah it's different but yeah i generally go for like sativa like high thc sativa sure um because then i can like listen to music and pretend i'm a rock star hey, man the the wapas just uh just got released in a slightly larger format so Ooh. they do instead of 0 0.35 grams which are what the readies have been it's 0 0.4 grams so it's just oh. a little bit more um and they also come in value packs that we just started carrying where you get like what? Oh, God, how many of them? I think it's like 
10 packs of them. So you get like 100 joints that you walk out of there with and at huge savings on the back end. It's pretty cool. That is genius. Yeah. I didn't know that. And Wapa is mm. their, their number one seller. So to make a king Solid. pack of it for people who are going through it and want to yeah. have just have it at home and not have to interact with the people in the weed shop. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. Cold Creek Kush. Yeah, so that's what we uh that's what we got to to smoke. You had some at home already, so I grabbed a bit. What uh what can you tell me about Cold Creek Kush? Well, I all I know about it is that it comes in a cute little black box. It sure does. The joints are like really cute and tiny <laughs> uh and like just the right amount for me uh and um it is it is the highest thc out of their little cute pre-rolls yeah. series uh that and it yeah it's sativa based that's all i know about it cool it's a uh, it's a cross between uh mk ultra and chemdog 91 so I think Chemdog is like is big time sativa. Uh, MK Ultra is an indica, but I we did MK Ultra on the on the show, and as much as it says that it's super indica and that it's indica genetics, it hits me like a sativa. Like it's like oh. it's bright and uh, awakening, and I feel uh, uh, confused, but like focused on whatever yeah, the thing yeah. is that's confusing me. Yeah. So yeah, Cold Creek Kush, I feel like is a is an interesting combination of those two because, yeah, you've got a you've got a sativa leaning hybrid that's coming from an indica and a sativa genetic, but really, I, like I think that MK Ultra hits like a sativa anyway, so it's kind of like two sativas. I kind of I want to try that. I didn't know that it was like a a mixture of two different things. Yeah. What they as time has gone on, it's growers just taking different genetics and mashing them together what would happen if we took this really cool plant and this like female of this really cool plant male of this really cool plant and put them together yeah. what would we get so cold creek kush came out of uh, an experiment like that that is really really cool was this your first time smoking this no no i've had cold creek kush before i i've had the readies when they when i first started working in the legal market it was really yeah it's so convenient to just have that little black box in your pocket and yeah like for me uh uh intermissions at theater like oh, totally. to be able yeah. to like go pop out have a quick 0 0.35 and then go back in for act two like that's yeah the dream i'd like if i'm going out for the night i can carry the pack in my pocket that's like right. when i'm on my way home yeah can, you know do it the only thing i wish is like because i use a, all that entire little series of black boxes that they have um I wish there was like a label on them. Some indication uh, of which strain some it was. Some indication yeah. of what it was. Yeah. So right now I have like a filing cabinet essentially. It's <laughs> like this one's called Green Kush. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Is it really a cabinet? Like a. It's not really. No, it's a, it's a little green bag, <laughs> but the envelope, the big envelope the that big the little envelope, package comes in. Yeah, the accordion yeah, folder. Right? They're all there. And I do like take my fingers, lick them, and like love swipe it. through to find the right. Yeah. Pod. Like the secretary Ghostbusters. Like the secretary Ghostbusters. <laughs> like Michelle Pfeiffer in Batman Returns. I secretaries <laughs> uh i can tell you it is grown in the niagara region it was a company that used to uh they they did cigarettes which is why it's okay. rolled like cigarette they have those machines which are really expensive and cost ineffective at the beginning it right. really sets your lp back a bit if you have to <laughs> buy one of these machines and start rolling right. them like cigarettes so they just had one so they're like great repurpose it for weed good to go and now you got these cute little filters and 
the, it's the, great. The one thing about it is that cigarette papers do burn quicker than, yeah. like, zigzags and shit. So... I do find that though it's it's rolled expertly well because the machine's doing it, uh, yeah. it, it does burn really quick, and sometimes that the weed is burning a little bit slower than the paper is, so it's you, getting oh, rid of it. Yeah, so yep. that's not ideal. I also cough most with these than I ever have with anything else. Yeah, and I don't know why. It's uh, it's not to rag on them right away, but they it's it's quite dry weed. The the okay. weed that they have is is. Uh, manufactured very quickly but there's a lot of it um so i like even i uh didn't do the readies i did the the actual flower that you buy in 3.5 um and even that was really 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 dry oh shit so i would like i would get it because i there was a time like some of the pot that i was using before um I would have to roll and I like really liked doing it but the only way i know how to roll a joint is so complicated how do you do it and takes so i I feel like I put the piece of paper down. I fill it with a line of pot. I then f- fold it over onto itself. And then I take a credit card and then slide the card down to make it really tight and then roll against the credit card. Well, how do you? Like, I just fell asleep in explaining. <laughs> how, that's Wait. the lengthiest process on the planet. Yeah. So you get and the credit props. card, like, the credit card is holding the lip of the. The credit card is like holding down. Is putting pressure on the fold essentially, right. so that you can squ- squeeze down. But and, then, when you need to start actually rolling, is yep, it you up roll against it, a credit card? It's not. You're, oh, you're. It's on a flat surface, so it's on like a table, and then oh, you okay. roll up the table using the credit card for assistance. <laughs> I I don't really understand. I can't wait. Okay. We are going to have to get together at some point. You're going to yeah, have to will, show me this process. I'll explain this to you. I, we, I'm probably missing like nine different objects that are involved. In, we'll, in we'll make a TikTok about it. It'll be great. It's going to go this viral. Great. Are you telling me that there's easier ways to roll joints? Uh-huh. There's probably a couple. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd have an easier time rolling a cross joint than uh, than doing it with the credit card. What's a cross joint? You ever see a cross joint? You ever see uh, Pineapple Express? No. Okay, so it's <laughs> it's basically a <laughs> joint. It's like one joint that's big, and then a smaller joint that goes through the middle. So oh. it's got three ends that you light, and you have to have a friend to do it because the friend has to do both sides of the cross, and then you do the other side of the cross. That's beautiful. It's incredible. It's very difficult. That's to lovely. Do, yeah. Apparently, no yeah, one on the, on the set of Pineapple Express knew how to do it other than Seth Rogen. So Seth Rogen had to like keep rolling them for this scene. Oh God! Like, like resetting like seventy every times. Oh God! Insane. Insane. Absolutely insane. Yeah, Kokri Kush. It's uh, um <clears throat> the uh I got a lot of. It's very piney, piney. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like a, a a forest. It smells like when I was I was yeah. getting out of it. I can. I, I only realized I can like oh, yeah with those packages I was able to smell the difference between the Wapa and this one and yeah. like I didn't I didn't ever clock before that like that's a real thing. Yeah, it's yeah. It each one has its own like distinct uh, uh, identity, like uh, its own like scent identity. It's it's yeah. funny because you do sort of need to like have two different weeds like back to back to be able to like notice the differences between them at yeah, first yeah because i remember when i first started smoking like it was just it all just smells like weed yeah which yeah. is great it's a good smell like because i like that smell yeah 
but like picking up the hints of it it was yeah it's uh it's got pining in it it uh do you know about terpenes I know nothing about terpenes. Okay. So uh, every plant in the world is uh, made up of genetic material, and part of that genetic material is the terpenes that um, <clears throat> appear in multiple... Uh, each plant has its own makeup of them. So of the many terpenes that exist, this one will have four or five. Uh, pine trees have pinene in them. Okay. The, the pinene is a terpene uh, that you can find in pine trees, and you can also find in other places and and plants, and it's found in this one as well. So when you smell the weed, you can sort of smell that it's piney. It's because the pinene in the genetic makeup of it is right uh, coming through in a That's dominant incredible. way. Yeah. Can you you can can you taste that? Yeah. It it informs the flavonoids okay. and the the. Uh, what you smell in the thing right so, and it can be different too it, it, you can smell a different thing like before you grind it and then after okay. you grind it other things are awakened like if you think of like black pepper when you like crack yeah, black pepper yeah. it's really different than when you're smelling it beforehand so it's sort Whoa. of the same thing with weed that's am- that's amazing yeah it's cool so this one's got uh yeah this one's got it's got myrcene which is like the most common terpene it smells kind of like okay. dirt like uh, like dirt okay. ground kind of gardeny, um, uh, uh, and it, yeah, it makes up most indicas tend to be mainly okay. dominated by myrcene. So it's yeah. funny that this is a sativa one, but myrcene is very dominant in it. That's is common. there something that's usually um, heavy in sativa stuff? Uh, not in the same way that myrcene really denotes uh, uh, indica, but okay. the uh, Cold Creek Kush. The name of Kush comes from. Uh, indica usually if it says kush it's an indica oh, okay cool. like afghani kush or whatever right, so right, right. uh um yeah so it's interesting that this one is yeah the the sativa leaning thing i'm not i'm not sure about it i want more people are arguing online about oh uh, is there like scandal not scandal but like the ocs is terrible and lists right. it as sativa dominant and so you can't right. always believe what they say. The uh, website says indica dominant, but other people are saying I I don't agree with that either. So whoa. there's like a lot of like information out there that is conflicting with one another, causing people on Reddit to lose their fucking minds. Oh, can I ask you a really stupid question? Yeah, please. If I like, let's say I smoked like one of these. So like in my mind, a sativa dominant. Sure. Join. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, I smoked an indica one. Yeah. What What am I doing to myself? Like, am I doing something to myself? No. Like, <clears throat> indica and sativa, it's an easy way to... If somebody goes, I've only ever smoked weed, I've only ever known weed to be weed, and you explain yeah. to them the differences between sativa and indica and hybrid, um, yeah. it's an easier way for them to, like, categorize which plants. And technically, they're different plants. Like, you can see a sativa is, like, really long, and the buds are, like, uh, like little, like, like cylindrical, like dicks, I guess. They're, like, yeah. they got <laughs> dicks. And then yeah. the indica ones are, like, really bushy, and, like, they kind of go out and all, to all sides. Yeah, and yeah. they, like, yeah, they grow like a bush, like, big and kind of round and protecting itself that way so you can see the differences between them but the idea that well indica always makes you go to sleep and sativa always gets you like jacked up and ready to go is sort of a myth especially because everything 
thing is a hybrid now. Even something that says sativa or indica, right. like it started that way, but everything's been crossbred to shit over the decades okay. that we've had access to it. So yep. everything is just a, a hybrid of, so it's it, things are sativa leaning or indica leaning. Right. And then past that, your endocannabinoid system is entirely unique. No one in the world has the endocannabinoid system that you have. It's like a thumbprint. So okay. the way that the cannabinoids and flavonoids and terpenes react with your system is going to be wholly original to you. So that's why if you go into a pot shop, you wouldn't know because you don't talk to the people. But the mm. people, if they can't legally say like, oh, this stuff is the thing that's going to get you highest because they don't actually know. They know for themselves, right. but their that person's system is completely different. Whoa. Yeah. So like they can give you an idea of what the yeah, what the terpene structure is of the thing, what the THC percentage is, what the terp percentage is, which has a lot to do with how high you're going to feel as well. Okay. Um but at the end of the day, like you're the person who's the expert of your own system. You know how you feel, you know how like what you like smelling you know what you like tasting so yeah. that's what i kind of tell people is that you're sort of running experiments on yourself we don't know enough about this plant and your system to be able to know right. that this is exactly what it's going to do so oh so like well i mean yeah that tracks because like how this how cold Creek, like i smoke cold creek kush almost every night yeah and it like literally just depends on like the day i've had how yeah. it's going to hit me like I could very easily like go to sleep or I could like, or I can like have a conversation with someone. Sure. Yeah. Well, and if you were out at a lo loud bar, uh, meeting up with a friend that you haven't seen in years, you'll probably yeah. get stimulated to be talking with that yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if you're at home reading a book that you kind of find boring, yeah. uh, you probably won't like uh, yep. those outside, uh, I was going to say obstacles. God, what an actor. Uh, those outside Influ influences. influences have a lot to do with what your experience is. Right. Which is why, like, I've got a like a, a cannabis journal that I, I smoke the thing. I write down the name of it, what the THC percentage says on the box, where it's grown, how it's making me feel. Do I feel uh, euphoria? Do I feel relaxation? Do I feel anti-inflammatory? Do I feel this? Do I smell this? Do I taste that? Holy shit. Um, but then I try to do that same strain it, with that same consumption method another couple of times to be able to make sure, does this actually make me feel this way? Or was I right. having a tough day at work and I came home and smoked and then that, I felt that way, right? Right. So it, it's trying Whoa. to narrow down what it is exactly that this strain is doing to my system. Have you then discovered from doing that, like, the perfect pot for yourself? Uh, I really like, I have a, I have a, a medical uh, uh, license, and I get it from Canna Farms. They make a Blue Widow, which is a okay. White Widow and Blueberry Cross, that okay. is low THC always. It's like 16, 17, 18%. Um, but it's just, it's so mellow and so euphoric and so just like warm blanket of on, over my soul i love it it's oh, it's my favorite of all time that is that sounds lovely yeah it's really great it's just light but like i wouldn't feel that way probably well, that's the thing you you might but you might not 
So you'd have to try it to be able to know, which I think is kind of an exciting thing about cannabis. It's and and like life, right? Cannabis is like theater. You don't actually yeah. know if this show is going to be good. You can see like, okay, this is the cast, this is the director, this is the yeah. place that's putting it on, this is the the tech that they have available to them, and this is yeah. how, what this what the script says. But yeah. you don't actually know that that production that that night that you're going to go see it that it's going to be totally. any good. You take a Look chance. Fuck, that is so beautiful. <laughs> Damn it. Um, no, that's totally, totally tracks. That totally tracks. And like, that's just like, you know, that's encouragement to just like try, try everything. Things. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, yeah. Uh, if you can do it, I understand that not everyone can do it consciously all the time. I can't do it yeah. consciously all the time. Sometimes I'm like, I need to leave work at work and yeah, just come yeah. home and be able to mellow out and not have to worry about, do I smell trans caryophylline in this one? <laughs> but like, it, 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 I think, I think if you start having an awareness of that, at just learning one thing about uh, the cannabis strain that you're you're doing maybe even just where it's grown or how it's grown did they right. do it outdoors did they do it indoors did they uh <laughs> did they radiate it or not Redican? Oh, <laughs> oh no uh, yeah 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 so there's it, it's like Redican, i think it did a great job with cold creek kush in that they came with something that I think has an effect. It's uh, yeah. upwards of 20% and it's uh, a great price. Like yeah. I, I got my 3.5 for like 22 bucks. It was nothing. That's great. Yeah. yeah. But like, I think a 10 pack of those for me is, is something around there. Too. Yeah. 24 or something like that. Yeah. 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 So you get, yeah. 3.5 in joints ready to go, ready to smoke. Yeah. Like that's pretty nice. Um, but there's some like shortcuts that I, I see being taken that uh-huh. I would rather see uh, a, a bit more from my my growers. That is fair. That's yeah. fair. I do wonder if it's mainly the packaging that I like. Like, it's just Honestly. literally the perfect size and it's ready to go. Yeah. And I wonder if like I just pre-rolled a bunch of joints with something else, whether I'd be as hooked to that as I am. I mean, you'll never know until you try it. You have to sit down some night, smoke one of the Redican joints, sit down with papers and 3.5 of some other uh, thing, and just and just grab every credit card that you have in your wallet and just start rolling those joints, put those in a little package, and uh, yeah. have those for a week and see yeah, what you see feel. what happens. I'm going to be so high all December. <laughs> just useless to the world. Can't wait. <laughs> so uh cold creek kush would is this something that is going to remain in the in the uh the rotation that you have currently i think it will but i say that and as i say that i'm realizing how fickle i actually am like i was in love with like san rafael tangerine dream oh yeah for like a couple of years sure and then I was like, this is this is like my, my treat to myself because it was a bit more expensive. Yeah. So I'm like, every time I ordered from OCS, I'd be like, I'm going to try a bunch of shit and then I'm going to get Tangerine Dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or especially if there was like, I don't know, a shitty thing happening, like a global health crisis or yeah. a total shutdown of Canadian theater. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, I'm going to get like two Tangerine Dreams. <laughs> but I swore I would never not have it. And then I haven't, I haven't bought it in about a year. Well, that's the thing. Like it, your your uh, cannabinoid, uh, your cannabinoids get used to your receptors get really used to the kind of cannabis that you're smoking. So if it keeps getting those, it'll build up a tolerance to that quicker than it will to all of cannabis. 
Right. So right. Tangerine Dream is actually quite a light sativa. It's a really nice yeah. sativa for people who don't smoke all the time, but want just that little bit of a kick. If you're moving up to Cold Creek Kush, which is supposedly a sativa dominant, um, it might be just that you'd need that little bit of extra THC percentage to get right. you going to the place that you were getting to in there. And also yeah, shaking yeah. up the system and surprising it with stuff that it didn't have before. Have you ever gone from like a period of smoking high THC stuff to not and to like low THC <laughs> stuff and like how does that feel? Like if I go on a tea break, which does not happen nearly often enough, um, I when I come back, I'll I'll shy away from anything like twenty four and above, and right, just okay. be. I mean, THC percentages have their own thing about whether or not that's the actual potency of the thing. It's it's okay. not to the the, the terpene structure of it and that the percentage of terps actually has a lot more to do with how high you're going to feel but right i tend to go for lighter thc percentages once i come back from it because a little bit will take me a much longer way because my body's right. been without it for a while yeah but i'm i'm at a point right now where i'm like i don't want to go on a tea break but i'm barely feeling some of these heavy hitters anymore <laughs> i really need like i just had a a quest stuffed french toast which was coming in at like 28.75 percent okay and it was very tasty and smacked me in the face oh shit yeah but i i sort of need that level to be like right. really feeling it otherwise i'm sort of normal right as, as i take another hit from my packs packs um if you like if you double down on how much you're smoking, does that affect how high you're going to get? Like, if I smoke, like yeah, yeah. The, the more really? you smoke, I mean, there's a wall. I think that there's got to be some kind of like graph that you can build. That's like right at a certain point you can keep hauling away, but it, your you're system's done. got like as much it. as it can out of that thing. So right, right, right. My, honestly, my throat and my lungs go before I get to that. Right. Point. Yeah. Yeah. Like I try to, I try to be gentle with, as an actor. Absolutely. But it's, uh, you know, every once in a while, you got to take a rip of a bong. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, nothing's happening. Unless I'm, my throat's burning. Like, I chase a joint with a cigarette. Cause yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. A stupid idiot. Um, but I actually do it because when I was smoking Tangerine Dream, after I would have a smoke, I would be able to taste um, citrus, like, yeah, so yeah. aggressively. And it was so pleasant. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That doesn't Limonene. happen with that. Limonene is, is the it's it, it you find it in uh, like uh, lemon rinds. Oh, okay, it's a very yeah, citrusy yeah. kind of uh, uh, hmm. taste. It's just it like too. so nice and like this is this is like mouthwash but better, and that's why I'm smoking now. So cool, but I can't. I with Kolki Kush. Anytime I have a smoke afterwards, I actually truly I can't tell what I'm tasting. Yeah, yeah, yeah the Reddies, I think don't have a lot of their taste profile left. That's why I wanted to buy the flower just to be like, does it have yeah, a really yeah. strong taste? Uh, it doesn't. It has a strong smell. I really do enjoy the, the cracking open the, the bottle and taking a sniff. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Great experience. But yeah, yeah. Smoke, I smoked it out of my air riser. I smoked it out of my packs and, and my volcano too. Yes. And uh, I I didn't get much taste. Like it tasted like nice weed, but it didn't have like right. a, oh yeah, that yeah. really brings out the whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Piney, piney, very piney, very foresty. Piney foresty. Yeah, yeah. All right, buddy. Well, that brings us to the end of our first segment, which means it's time for our first game. Are you ready oh, for gosh. this? 
Uh-huh. I'm going to tell you, you're not ready at all. This is a game called In It to Minute. In It to Minute. In It to Minute. This is the game where you, our guest, has exactly 60 seconds to describe to us everything that happens in the movie that we did, which you've awesome. already told me you don't remember much of. <laughs> so this is going to be okay. really fun. Now, listen, we've got 60 seconds, and you've got to get a beginning, a middle, and an end. And I'll warn you right now, every single person who does this gets caught yeah. up explaining the first act and then has to okay. have, like two seconds to rush to the third act. So okay. if that gives you any idea of what you need to do to prepare, yeah, then let it be so. <clears throat> Are you ready for this? Yeah, yeah, I'm as ready as I'm going to be. Yeah. It's, it starts with the, the penguin. I'll give you yep. that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, because the movie that we did was Batman Returns. Batman Returns. Happy holidays. Happy fucking holidays, you motherfuckers. Get ready because Custom Con's coming at you with the fire. 60 seconds and go. Um, uh, there is a penguin. Um, Michelle Pfeiffer exists, though, and she uh, is this like nerdy nerdy secretary for christopher walken mm-hmm. and she like only does coffee and she has like no potential in life because she's a woman in the eight early 90s obviously yeah. um and she looks sad uh she um you know she's like at work one day and she overhears some shit that she's not supposed to hear and then she gets shoved out of a window and then she hits the snow and then she dies <laughs> and then cats fall in love with her and like she just like has this like mini cat orgy but anyways she comes back to life, walks into her apartment with like the best scene on the world where she's like, 20 seconds, honey, I'm home. Oh, I live by myself or whatever it is. Like that's my love life. Uh, uh, she finds some vinyl and, uh, makes a suit for herself and then she looks like the fiercest bitch in the fucking world. And she can own everything. She's like Beyonce with the baseball bat level. Incredible. Then she does some shit, falls in love with Batman. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best explanation of Batman Returns. It's only Catwoman. It's just Catwoman. That's Catwoman. Why are we paying like, attention to any of these idiots? Like, who's the penguin? <laughs> who's the penguin? Who cares? It doesn't matter. Whatever. Get, get yeah. to sleep a cop. All yeah, right. Like, can we talk about her outfit, though? Like, oh, I can't the, wait. I want so Like, oh, it's just so good. <laughs> so listen, stick around, because Costume Con is going to be talking about Catwoman's outfit right here on Let's Bogart. Stay tuned. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the show, buds. We're just going to interrupt the conversation for a quick second to let you know a little bit about something that we here at Let's Bogart think is worth paying attention to, and that is the AFC, the Actors Fund of Canada. They have a vision of a world where Canadian entertainment professionals are valued and supported, and their mission is through compassionate support, helping Canadian entertainment professionals maintain their health, dignity, and ability to work. The AFC is the lifeline for Canada's entertainment industry. The AFC is an expression of the community's goodwill, helping entertainment professionals when they are at their most vulnerable due to injury, illness, or other personal hardship. Since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, hundreds of industry members have turned to the AFC for help to keep a roof over their head and food on the table during this challenging time. The AFC has responded to the need in the community with $1.4 million in counting in emergency financial aid and other crucial support programs and services. All of their programs are focused on supporting the health and well-being of arts and entertainment professionals working in all aspects of film and TV, music, theater, and dance. I cannot 
I cannot stress this enough. We need to support the artists that are working in our own country. Uh, the AFC is uh, has been for years, for years, doing this kind of work and really making it possible for people to have professional arts careers and bring real art that matters to the people in their own communities uh, to them. I know that the AFC has definitely helped me. I know it's helped many people in in uh, in times of great strife and great uh, uh, great uh, great challenge. They have met that challenge head on, and they need our help. So, if you have some money to give around the holidays, if you're looking for places to put it, the Actors Fund of Canada does not only help actors. Uh, it helps uh, arts entertainment and uh, arts professionals of all sorts, uh, but it really helps the artists in your community continue to be able to make art to give to you. So if you want to help out, you can visit afchelps.ca slash donate now. You can donate, you can volunteer, uh, you can set up monthly donations, you can set up opening night donations. If you're in a show and you're about to open, you're looking to give back to the community um all great ways of of making sure that the afc continues to do its good work uh uh and especially at this time of year uh there's a lot of arts professionals who need some support so to support the artists in your communities just visit afchelps.ca that's afchelps.ca thank you so much for tuning into the show and now back to the conversation Oh, buddy! <laughs> Batman Returns. So yeah, talk about her outfit. Her outfit. I mean, it's insane. It's always been confusing. There's a, sorry if you can hear all sirens. And there, there, there's a, something happening outside. Were you smoking weed? I was smoking weed, and they knew. <laughs> They've been following me for like 15 years. <laughs> Shit. Um, it's because that one window. They saw my face. Um, yeah, her suit. It's just. I, I remember as a kid. So I, I saw the movie as a kid. Sure. When it first came out, yeah, uh, and like vaguely remember, I mainly remember that like McDonald's had like a bunch of uh, yeah. toys that were from Batman Returns, yeah. Um, so I, I, but I remember as a kid looking at that outfit, being like, "Where did she get? Like, wh- why did she have a vinyl coat in her closet in the first place? Yeah, and like, what is she doing? And, she, and it's the creation of it that I think is like beautiful. She's yes. like this like unhinged admin assistant, like." <laughs> working for Christopher Walken with a weird wig and like, Whoa. that's her life. And she's like, I'm, I'm dead now. Also. Yeah. He <laughs> threw my cat. boss murdered me out a window. Yeah. But she like is hot. Like she is just, uh, th- truly what I remember from this movie is like Michelle Pfeiffer is hot. Yeah. That, yeah. that suit, she, she, it cost uh, a lot. She, she had to be vacuum sealed in that suit. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's so fucking skin tight. And because it covers the ears with vinyl, she couldn't hear herself speak. That entire time? Yeah, so Burton had to keep going over to her and being like, honey, you're you're screaming. Oh my god. To destroy Batman, we need to make him become something like ourselves, (laughs) namely us. He'd be like, you got it. The microphone, the sound guy's got it. Really? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> but great. She's, that is great. She's incredible in it. She looks amazing. She makes it look like it's comfortable. 
Totally. And like, I wouldn't for the life of me clock that she couldn't hear anything. Of course she couldn't. There's fake ears on her ears. Yeah. She's dressed as a cat. There's an amazing picture of uh, Burton giving direction to her and Keaton, both wearing the suits. And both of them are looking at him like I know I do when I don't when I'm exhausted and I can't really understand what the director is telling me. But I'm like trying to nod sagely. Yeah, like I've like understood. this is like three in the morning, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely." Definitely, I can bring, uh, I can bring more, more hate, but in a loving way. I'll, yeah, I'll and then like they that. both probably walked away from that photo, and they were like, "So, like, do it louder, faster." Yeah, cool. louder, faster, great. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go home. I need out of Let's this. Go, suit. We, uh, yeah, my my son has to go to soccer. <laughs> but she, um, she posted a video like on the what 20th anniversary of it or something where mm-hmm. it was just a one take of her with the bullwhip doing those mannequins in the in yes. the shop yeah yeah because yeah. they had rigged it up so that okay we'll hit the button and then the heads will pop off um when you crack the whip cuz she had been working with a, a whip coach but she was like yeah. no I have accuracy with that I can just do it and they were like oh, okay just do it then and it's there's a one take that she posted online where she just whips all five of them does the big turnaround one and then uh grabs the the rope and skips in those high heels off you're kidding me and the whole crew like one take like everyone's clapping it's incredible insane she's so good that's incredible oh shit like that's a that's another gay iconic moment absolutely a woman in a cat suit in heels skipping with a whip? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. And I feel like I read something that um, Annette Benning was supposed to originally be Catwoman. Yeah, but she got pregnant. Right. So she yeah. couldn't do it. So, uh, so Pfeiffer right. uh, uh, snuck in. They were originally not wanting her because she wasn't a big enough star in 1992. Yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer. What was she in before this? I don't even know. Like Scarface. Uh, what else was she in? Um, God, this is the one that. But the, really that, that means that this was her big, like a big debut for her. No, no, no. Uh, debut would have been more around the Scarface, like early, like mid '80s kind of deal. But uh-huh. uh, this was for sure like cementing her as a Hollywood icon. Like she was, right. she could choose her projects from here on out. I think. No, she's incredible. There's like a uh, there's like a quality about her as an actor that's like there's it, it, there's it's I don't know it's like something really sad behind her eyes that's yeah. like so beautiful, especially in this kind of thing where is where there, like you can see there's some kind of darkness and definitely I think that's kind of cool. Well, like, and I it's think just good acting in the in the script they talk about like this duality and having to. Uh, live your life or be, t- be feel like you're split down the center. They have all this shit about that. Right. Um, yeah. She feels like the only actor who figured out like two different characters. Like her, three really, because you've got like pre-trauma Selena, you've got post-trauma yeah. Selena, and then Catwoman. That's like three totally. completely different yeah. personas. Totally different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like undead Selena is like also amazing like yeah that's an amazing character so cool yeah oh shit i didn't even think about that yeah that's three fully different things and funny like she in in a way that i think danny devito nails too that the humor part of it they really get without like 
tipping tipping the cards like really kind of like playing it close to the chest and like you said having something real and emotional going on that's the the core of the thing is very serious but being able to like you know sadly like self-monologue like just walking around like (laughs) totally who is the man in my life and uh, shocking the clown or whatever so good so like danny devito's um like uh, you know, autobiography monologue that he does. Oh my god! In front of the, it's the, beautiful. It's so incredible. Yeah, when he goes, and like you can't, you can't. If you go too far, it, you look ridiculous because you're also dressed as a penguin. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think in that moment too, he's doing something really beautiful because he's. I think that there is real pain that he that he feels about being abandoned, about being thrown to the the wolves, kind of, but. Yeah. He's also like us. He grew up in the circus. So when he goes in front of the reporters, he's when they saw what I was, right. they freaked. Like it's it's Shakespeare. Like he's trying totally. to perform yeah. for the the thing to try to create the the uh, media narrative that he's trying to get at. Right. Which I that, think yeah, is such no, a brilliant. Amazing. Like a lot of plates going for what could be this really like look at him he's he's so kind of he silly ridiculous. and gross and terrible looking yeah <laughs> yeah no but he does it like yeah yeah he totally does it yeah her, it, the two of them they nail whatever the weird I guess that's the other thing I like about this movie is like from what I remember of this movie <laughs> is uh, like the style of it the style and tone of it is just so uh, perfectly that era of Batman and like that's. I think because I saw it when I was a kid, I'm like that. That to me is like it Batman feels aesthetic. Batman. Yeah, yeah. And it crazy like the the guy who did the um, I want to grab his name because he's so good. Uh, Bo Welch is the production designer, and Ooh, I yeah. think he fucking yeah. like nailed it. And he replaced Anton First, who was the really famous production designer from the first Batman movie, who won an okay. Oscar for it. So like, shoes to fill christ yeah shit. but even this one this one has a very distinct identity from that first burton batman movie like yeah what was the first ba- why am i blanking on it's the, jack uh, nicholson as joker and uh michael oh, Keaton yeah. is batman okay. and kim basinger right. is uh, uh gotcha vicky uh, vale yeah. So like 1989, that comes out, does gangbusters at the at the box office. They give uh, Burton the reins. Sam Ham had written the script for the first one. He writes oh, yeah. a direct sequel that introduces like Robin and has like Penguin and uh, Catwoman going off after like buried treasure and uh, right. like a crazy script. Um, <clears throat> they cast Damon Wayans as Robin. What? Yeah, it never materialized okay. because Burton oh. comes in and says, I'm not really interested in doing a direct sequel to any of my work. So I want this to be standalone. Right. Okay. So though it's uh, though it still has Keaton and still has like Michael Goh is back as Alfred and uh, Pat Hingle is right. back as Commissioner Gordon. The Gotham City looks different. The right. Batman himself is kind of different. He's more casual in this one. He is more casual in this one. Yeah. He- from what I'm remembering, he's also like barely in it. Like, yeah, he doesn't do a ton. No, they like okay. Burton, I think, is very uninterested in the story of Batman. He doesn't right. like Batman. 
he wants to talk about monsters and uh, right. you know he wants to deal with that the joker was really the main character of the first movie and right, this right. one penguin like really takes on that he's much more interested in spending time with catwoman and penguin than he is spending time with batman batman we yeah. meet just like sitting in a dark room pondering <laughs> Yeah, like thinking. The like there was like so many shots of him thinking about stuff, <laughs> or like turning, turning, and just like listening. Yeah, yeah, turn- yeah. <laughs> something he could not do with that Batman suit. That's so no, that's so can't. sad. Yeah, I can't imagine. No. Oh, all these like I think that's the other thing I noticed this time watching him. I'm like, wow, this is like a lot of costume. Like this is a lot of design. Yeah, in a great way. Like yeah. it's just so ridiculous. It is absolutely absurd. He talked about Keaton had, was interviewed and was talking about how, like, when he first stepped back into the suit, he was like, I don't remember what I did like three right. years ago. Oh, like, what, how did I do this again? And he was yeah. just like, if you doubt yourself for a second, the suit ends up wearing you. So you just need to just oh, go shit. in. And like, he's like, you don't have to. The great thing about the suit is that you don't have to do very much. So I think that there's yeah. a lot of him just standing there because <laughs> like I, the less I do, the, the less I do, the cooler it's going to be. <laughs> it's probably accurate. Like that's, that is like terrific advice. Yeah. yeah. And it's advice that I've gotten. I still can't fucking do in my work. Like yeah, I no. always want to be doing too much. Yeah. I'm like, you want me to stand still? Stand what, still. What will my hands do though? You're enough. It's like, no, I'm not. No, I I'm lived not. with me. I know that I'm not enough. <laughs> Yes. Uh, yes. Ask the two partners that I dated between when I started smoking pot. <laughs> I'm not enough. I'm not enough, in fact. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. Mm. But this, yeah, this, it's very funny. You mentioned the, the McDonald's toys, too, because the, the, it was a huge scandal because the first movie came out and was a blockbuster in a way that nobody expected it to be. They were like, Batman, mm-hmm. that Adam West show? Like, why is that right, so yeah, big? Yeah. But it blew up at the box office, and the toy companies didn't have enough time to be able to get ahead of it to start manufacturing enough toys. So right. the toys that did come out were terrible, and there weren't enough of them, and they all broke. Whatever. Oh, shit. So this time, they were like, okay, we know a Batman sequel has been greenlit. We're going to start working on the McDonald's toys now. And then the McDonald's uh, (laughs) executives go see this movie where there's a penguin who's, like, spewing out black sludge (laughs) from his mouth. And they're making, like, dick puns. They made it. She goes, he goes, uh, it's, uh, Batman says something about it being really hard. It's uh, hard to be there. And she's like, hmm, semi-hard, I'd say. And these yes. people are like, we made McDonald's toys for these children to go see this movie. What's happening? And That's so the, incredible. Yeah, they were very upset. And the, the Batman Forever toys were much, much smaller uh, operation. Right. Yeah, right, right. I do remember that. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, like the toy. I Yeah, no, I'm thinking, I think I'm thinking of the right Batman Winters. I think like I had like a bunch of toys. Yeah. From- there was like they were this all movie. like vehicles and stuff. There was like a Batman and a bat, uh, yeah, a Batmobile that you pressed. You pressed a button and like part of it would shoot out. And yeah. the Penguin was on his like rubber ducky, and Catwoman had yeah. her own like cat Lamborghini or whatever. Something like yeah. yeah. I think I had a a, um, a Catwoman that there was a button on. Uh, this is I think this is true. This rings a bell. Where like 
it was a cat woman. There's a button on the back of her head and you hit that and then like she would throw throw something. Oh my pathetic God. One. It was, yeah. That's amazing. Toys. Yeah. Yeah. They were yeah, they were they're very upset. Very upset about this movie. And this this movie sort of built into like what what Schumacher ended up doing, which also killed the franchise because they were like, <laughs> it's too dark, it's too dark. And it took till Batman begins in two thousand five right. before they could say like we're gonna try to like treat batman sort of darkly yeah like lean into it and yeah. then like that that's that's the cool thing about i think the batman story is like gotham city is like one of the coolest places in fiction i think like yeah it's just a cool world that's dark it's really dark and really dangerous yeah. and really fucked up and it really i guess the idea is speaking to a person who feels the need to change the 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 system around them when no one else thinks yeah, it's possible yeah, yeah, like, yeah. what it, what can you do if you just put your your dedicate your life to doing right. this other thing shit yeah epic yeah it's a cool story so i don't understand why tim burton is so disinterested in it in this movie <laughs> listen i but like i'll take shots of like michael keaton turning Amen. listening lee at the camera like <laughs> I, truly, I don't. I, I, I like. I remember. I remember shots of him thinking, listening, and then shots of him making out with Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. Granted, I was just distracted with Michelle the entire time. But, <laughs> yeah. You know what I noticed this time? That was the first time that I noticed it. Uh, after seeing, I've seen this movie like dozens and dozens and dozens okay. of times. When I was a kid, I burnt it out and just. I, I watch it like Christmas. It's a Christmas movie for me, so I pull it out around it's December because I'm like, I don't want to watch White Christmas. I'm going to watch Batman Returns instead. Are you a Batman fan? Like, are you generally oh, a Batman fan? He, I'm wearing a Batman right now. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Love me some Batman. I'm wearing a Batman shirt. I love Dude. Batman. Batman's like my favorite fictional character of all time. Okay. I love all amazing. the iterations of him. I watch like Batman Forever and Batman, Ret- uh, Batman and Robin and yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the Christopher Nolan ones. I hated the Ben Affleck movies, but I thought he was great. Oh, right. Ben Affleck was Batman. Yeah, he was a Batman for a while. Shit. They just made some awful movies with him, but he was good. He yeah. was very big. Way to go! <laughs> he lifted <laughs> some. He lifted some big yeah. things. Yes, well, pounded a lot of tires. Good for you. Good job. But and, I, and just, I have the, yeah, Michael Keaton listens really good. Yeah, he listens very good, and I, yeah. I do like his the shape of his cowl. Like they built it so that he had the really long ears, and that hadn't yeah. ever happened in the comics really uh, before okay. him because he's a very short dude. So to be able oh. to like like against Jack uh, Nicholson in the last one, he had to like the ears had to sort of match Nicholson's height. Whoa! Yeah. Okay. When they like phallic ears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big old, big old bad ears. Big old bad ears. That's amazing. The the shape of that thing is like awesome. It really yeah. is. It yeah. Iconic. It's a, yeah, it's iconic. And lit like lit so well. It's just rubber. So if you light it wrong, it oh, it looks then? very very bad. So you have to you have to light it very well to make it look like it's actually armor. Right. Oh man. Because you got to believe that it can take a bullet, right? Totally. I think maybe that was the other weird thing watching it in the first like um, couple of frames of the thing. Mm-hmm. It was weird watching it because I'm I guess like my TV is like. A, a high quality thing or whatever and i was yeah. streaming it uh so i'm like wow i haven't seen this much detail of this movie ever i'm like this is a lot of costume and set wow <laughs> yeah like, it wish, really is 
There's no like VHS haze. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I really noticed it in Penguin's makeup. I could really see like the mm. outline of where they did the eyes, like where the eyes, yeah. Dark yeah, yeah. purple eyes become like the rest of it. I was like, yeah, yeah, it, it would pull you out. It's not supposed to be seen in this good, uh, no. <laughs> good or whatever. But I was like, it's really interesting to see the artist's work, too. Yes. To be able it's to beautiful. go like, this is what they did. Yeah. Like designers. Yeah. yeah the like Penguin's look is like. I remember being scared of him when I was a kid. Like he's terrifying, legit scared. He's he's a bit terrifying. Like and goofy looking at the same time. It's very yeah. strange. And it's a bit like the hand, like the shape of him is like the Hamburglar. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, and apparently, like like the Penguin before that in, in the comics, he's just like a, he's got a pointy nose, but he's just like sort of an aristocratic dude in a, in a, a, oh, okay. a tuxedo. So this was like a real reinvention of the character, and he like talked about like uh, Elephant Man, and they they looked at people with scoliosis and right. uh, tried to make his face really look like uh, uh, equine. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. So I, it, I think they did a really good job of making a monster that like looked like it would be called a penguin. Totally. Like they, that guy looks like his name is the fucking penguin. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Apparently he stayed in character. Uh, in between. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. At the it's same disgusting. time, if you put all that disgusting shit on and then you're like, hey, where's craft services? I mean, I imagine that that's that's a hard sell too. So it might as well just. Be I like, guess so. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> I think what's what's I think really interesting about him as a villain is that his opening is so tragic and so sad. Yeah. Um, and you feel so bad for him, but then. He's also so twisted, not only physically, but yeah, like uh, uh, more than just I want to be evil and I want to beat Batman. Like when he has that conversation with the the uh, the young girl who's there, and she's like, "You're the um, you're the best role model a young person could have," and he's like, "And you're the best young person a role model could have." <laughs> And he's like putting the the pin on her and like grabbing her breast. And like, I'm like, this man is horrific. Yeah. Or like when he's, when they're doing like hair and makeup on him for whatever Uh that scene was. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Like, I remember this where there's like a bunch of people being like, great, we're just going to try this. And he's like snapping at them. Yeah. I'm like, that's amazing. Like worst person in a fitting ever. And then, uh, and then when the guy's, he, yeah, someone's like it could. Oh, I'm ramble thing now. Shit. Uh, what was it? Anyways, he attacks the guy's face with his nose. Could be worse. My nose could be gushing blood. That's the one. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And all the people around him were like, he's so funny. <laughs> he's so charming. Yeah, horrible, horrible man. And he like pecks them in the face. Yeah. Like bites his nose. He's his. He's like he's yeah. holding it like after just like bleeding from it. It's so intense. Horrible. And, and then, I feel bad for him. Yeah. Like I, and I actually feel bad for him. Yeah. And I think that that's cool. Yeah. And maybe not explore. Like this is I think maybe part of the problem with Burton is that he's interested in really beautiful, um, 
doesn't really be like it's always visually opulent it's always like the set design and the costume design and the makeup design all the design is always like really bang on um and the core the emotional core of the thing is there the actors have something to latch on to something to perform Yeah. yeah but the scripts don't ever fully like like it feels like he's playing with dolls, you know, like where the, yeah, the yeah. plot's sort of hanging on there and it's, you know, we, we get sort of ups and downs of relationships and stuff, but it never fully lands at a place of like relationship. It's always right. like this person's individual story is yeah. really encompassing or really tragic or really like it. You're right. It feels broad. Like, yes, where, um, and I guess that's hard because like, you'd have to take the time away from all the c- cool stuff to like build that character, I guess, especially if they're trying to make these standalone yeah. things. I wonder if there's like an accumulation of like a Batman narrative over the films. Like I, I watched James Bond throughout the pandemic. Yeah. And like, there was like a, a build of some kind in like the character over like decades. Definitely. And like, I wonder if that, I haven't seen all the Batman movies. So I wonder if that happens. Kind of, sort of like the, the um, ostensibly, Batman, Batman Returns, Batman Forever, Val Kilmer, and Batman and Robin, George Clooney, is like the story of a single Bruce Wayne. Oh, right. But it's different actors, it's very different directors, very different tones. Right. So it kind of does, but kind of not. By the time we get to George Clooney, (laughs) George Clooney and Joel Schumacher made the decision, like, he's George Clooney's age, so he'd be over this whole parent thing by now, right? (laughs) There, yeah. And it's okay. like, yeah, I, okay, I guess that's a way to go. Yeah, yeah, let's abandon, let's just put me in a, a costume. Yeah. That'd be awesome. I think people would like that. It was very dumb. I think his first line as Batman is, hello, Freeze, I'm Batman. Thanks, it, it's, thanks, tips. Thanks, tips. <laughs> Could have figured that out, the whole ear yeah, situation. I didn't know. Whatever. I thought you, I thought you were Catwoman. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. But I was did, there ever a spinoff? There was no, never a spinoff of Catwoman, right? No, they were. Uh, well, yes, there actually was. Um, they, what? they, her character was so popular in Batman Returns that they brought Michelle Pfeiffer in, and they were like, "We want to do a whole spinoff with just you. It's just going to be movie Catwoman." She's like, "I'm actually interested in that." Yeah. Um, it goes into development hell and gets turn around, turn around, turn around, churned as uh, uh, executives and presidents of studios uh, uh, get uh, changed over, power shifts and power dynamics. And then in 2004, I want to say 2003, maybe, um, Halle Berry gets attached. And right. that turns into the monstrosity that is Catwoman yeah. the movie, which uh, got it right. Yikes. Which I don't even consider Catwoman. No, it's not. She's She has, like, cat powers. I mean, there's a bit of cat powers business going on in here that I don't really understand. Like, she's dead, but then the cats, like, bite her, oh. and that brings her back to life. Yeah, like, a cat scratch brings her back to life. And I'm like, mm, okay, like, I guess. Okay, whatever. I guess. Then I'm like, why did you have to die? Like, why did she have to, why couldn't she just be concussed? Mm-hmm. Like undead fall, like hit the hit the first uh, the first thing the first the second thing and then like hang on to it and be like ah oh, that bastard <laughs> yeah like you yeah, like Les Mis the feature film Les Mis yeah where, like what's his face gets falls and hits his skull on a 
water fountain or something. I'm like, yeah. do that with her. Why not? But you know what? If she wasn't dead, she wouldn't have been able to show us her sewing skills. That's true. She did. Yeah. She, she did have some sewing skills. She did. She had to. Yeah. You know, like for all for all the work that all three of them did. Uh, I, I mean, the, the bat suit must have been horrible. The, the penguin suit must have been horrible, too. Yeah. But Michelle Pfeiffer learned how to use a bullwhip. She learned she was sewing like a mad person. Maybe she didn't yeah. do that full glove really in that amount of time. And they cut away from her to look at the cats. Maybe. But Maybe. she was doing some shit while it was while the camera was on her. Yeah. <clears throat> like she was in and outing a tiny fucking needle on yeah. the long, longest stretch of vinyl I've ever seen someone have in their closet. Uh, but she was doing that expertly. With like film lights on the ground shining up at her while she's doing like that's with a bunch of cats looking at her. Yeah. Glass all on the floor. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> that's a lot of pressure. That's her hair of- disheveled. <laughs> like she <laughs> everything was everything was going wrong. She had like her half her shirt was twisted on her sh- on her shoulder at one point. I'm like, yeah, she looks fed up and I like this. <laughs> Yeah, th- there's there's moments in the script that I do wish I do understand that they want to get to the fun fun and game stuff. Like they want to get yes. to it's isn't it fun to watch Batman beat up this circus troupe? Isn't it fun <laughs> to watch Penguin deliver these manic uh, uh, <laughs> soliloquies to the press? Yes. Isn't it yeah. fun to watch Michelle Pfeiffer do backflips? But like yeah. uh, there's there's a moment in like the the first act of the film where Batman or uh, uh, Alfred is. <laughs> by himself hanging up all of the tree decorations mm-hmm. in the in the background and Keaton is watching the TV as they're talking about having discovered this sewer penguin living in the whatever yeah, who yeah. lost his parents and he has that a child who was a little different <laughs> and uh, uh, Alfred goes to him something wrong Master Wayne and he goes his parents I hope he finds them and I'm like that's a fucking cool writing moment there yeah, and I think. And then the next time we meet him, he's already like suspicious of Penguin and he's going to like yes, bring him yeah. down or whatever. So I'm like, yeah. they abandon it very quickly. But I'm like, there's there's a germ of a really good um, film script in there where yeah, yeah. The, the rather than just be like, see, Selena or see, Penguin were the same randomly right. at different times in the thing that you could yeah. have really made it like look at how mirrored these people are look at all these broken people like trying to yeah. put themselves back together look at these people who have to embrace the theatrical because it's the only thing that gives uh external power to their trauma yeah. like, and, like in the same like an identity in, into yeah their, like yeah <clears throat> i do think that there's something i'm a freak and so yeah 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 and look at look at somebody else who is my mirror who went yeah. a different way. Totally went a different way. And then like noticing where you sit in like the hierarchy of like that society. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. they get into it a little bit with, with Selena because they bring in like, well, she's a woman. They keep trying to like hit that over the head, but it feels very like a a straight man writing about feminism. It truly does. Like, really, it's like, ooh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, you don't Like, she makes a hell of a cup of coffee. Like, I don't... (laughs) Does coffee taste different? Depending... I don't know. Oh, my God, yeah. Brutal, brutal. But she, like, has... uh, Batman is one side of the coin and Penguin is the other side of the coin and where does she sort of fit? She doesn't feel like either Mm -hmm. side. She's, you know, a a little bit. So, it's a little bit in there, but I'd like to see it more. If, if it totally 
If they were to like do a spinoff of Penguin, yeah, I don't like. How would you do that in a way that wouldn't actually just be ridiculous for like an entire movie? I, I honestly, I think you do a prequel and you do it uh, his teenage years in the circus and him coming to power, right. like coming from like uh, the freak show kid who's being abused by everyone, and to yeah. to the rise of. Um, <clears throat> the rise of the crime boss that will be Oswald Cobblepot. So, right. like, you you take him, <clears throat> and he has to uh, uh, work against the power structure in the circus, and by the time we end the... Oh, my God. Huntersville, North Carolina. <laughs> Absolutely not. Hello, yeah. opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> um, <it's, clears throat> Yeah, so by the end of it, he would be running the circus and running it as a crime syndicate and... Uh, uh, in charge of everything but it'd be like a tony soprano thing of like him we want him to be good we feel bad for him in his his beginnings and whatever and we just want for him to make the right choice maybe there's like a a girl involved or like a a, someone who treats him like a human being but then either she betrays him or he betrays her because he wants the the power too badly but like what would he look like like yeah. in like a Heath, in he in yeah, in like a Joker kind of way. Like, what is the darkest version of Penguin? Yeah, I mean, hard to go much darker than Batman Returns. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> they were already like Elephant Man. It's like okay, yeah. like, <laughs> okay, like that's it. Give yeah. him a parasol. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought that par. I literally up. And, it took me until to like yeah, last night when I watched the movie to realize like that didn't actually hypnotize anyone. Yeah, I thought it, <laughs> but he says it's not working. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just blanks. It's fine. But I did yeah. think that he was actually hypnotizing Christopher Walken too. Because oh. Christopher Walken sort of talks like he's been hypnotized. Like generally. Like always. Or no. Sort of yes. hypnotized. You know, a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. I love that you can do impressions of everyone from this movie so well <laughs> i this movie is really in my dna i i, I really i really love a danny devito and i love a christopher walken you know yeah. what though speaking of impressions yeah i want to talk about there's this dude in it who plays uh uh, uh christopher walken's son and yeah. his name is andrew brynjarski he plays chip okay and constantly constantly with Kristen this i quote this all the time for no reason but there's a part where uh chip is huge and he steps they, they're like where you want shrek and he's like you're gonna have to go through me and he's sort of doing a christopher walk he's doing a little bit of a because he's his son and christopher walking like steps in front and but he goes dad save yourself dad go <laughs> And it's my favorite because it's not a very good Christopher Walken, but he is giving it his all. And he's, you know, it's not a very good actor, but this scene calls for him to like stand up for his son or his uh, uh, father. I just think it's so good. Dad, save yourself. Dad, go. (laughs) It's burned into my memory. That's incredible. That is incredible. I, you're right. That's exactly what he sounds like. <laughs> I, I like imagining like that actor because he was probably like called for one day of filming. Yeah. And, like, yeah. I wonder like the night before, he probably like, found it like 48 hours that he booked it. And he's like, oh shit, I did that accent that I don't remember. But oh, oh my no. god, what and, are like, 
what a crazy thing. Exclamation voice coach. It's like I gotta be Christopher Walken's son. What do I, I look like Donald Trump by accident. Like, what do I do? <laughs> Can you imagine? Cool. Could you imagine, like, what would it be? It would be like they're shooting a, a Toronto series with uh, Jeremy Renner and Cossum, you're going to be playing his son. What what would ever possess you to be like, I I should probably try to do an impersonation of that person? Yeah, I should definitely make myself sound like them before <laughs> anything else. Before I even, like, think about, like, the acting portion. Yeah, of that. who I cares about, that. like, my obstacle, what I'm trying to, yeah. what I'm trying to get, what I... Why can't no, have it? It's like, no, well, no. how do I recreate Christopher Walken's iconic voice for four, a four-hour call? <laughs> this watch, this watch, this watch, this watch, just done. around set, done, done. <laughs> Chris Walken's like, what are you doing? He's like, yeah. nothing. It's a trailer for hours, just like saying <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> Everyone's fucking sick of. The guy playing what's his name? Chip? No, Chip. what's his name? Yeah, Chip. Chip, Chip, oh, Chip is the son. Uh, uh, Winar Winyarski is the. the like, dude. oh, we hate the guy playing Chip. He's <laughs> so he just keeps saying fucking dad all the time. I also really liked the uh, the organ grinder, um, Vincent uh, Schiavelli. Okay. He like he he he's the organ grinder. He like shoots a bunch of shit, but he was good friends with Danny DeVito. And okay. so Danny DeVito got the part, and he was like, "Can you just cast my buddy as as something? You can just be like the organ grinder or whatever." And they're like, "Yeah, absolutely, that's fine." Because in the last movie, <clears throat> he had spoken to Jack Nicholson, who told him, "You should absolutely take the part of the penguin." Okay, I'm fucking rich now because of it. Right. When he, Nicholson signed on to Batman, he asked for his friend to be brought on, uh, Tracy Walter. So Tracy Walter plays Bob the Goon in that just so that Nicholson can have a buddy on set to like do scenes with. Oh my God. Out. My That's goodness. adorable. And yeah. so extra. That's I amazing. wish I want, I want that to have been a tradition that like continued on. And I want to yeah. know like who Tom Hardy's buddy was. Yeah. Like, who are, yeah. The friends of the friend and they get like a little feature. Yeah, you get a little feature role. He like gets to go like, not you, Shrek, and there's some body here to see you. <laughs> Oof. Oh, I'll God. tell you, it's so funny. I had a taped, I had a VHS tape of Batman Returns mm -hmm. that was taped from it airing on like Superstation or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I remember watching it over and over and over again. That version of it is so burned in my memory that when I watch the real version and I yeah. see all of the like sexual escapades of that oh, scene. Oh, right. it would be like cut. It would be like, I, oh, it was edited to shit. So all of the oh, timing God. in my memory is completely gone. And there's like weird, so awful weird. things like <laughs> sent in or unsent in. <laughs> I'm like, I, oh, God. this is a children's movie. <laughs> yeah, it's a total children's movie. Was it weird watching it? Oh, wait, when was the last time you watched it as an adult? Probably last year. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Christmas. Christmas. I always bring Christmas. it out at holidays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all, oh, I, yeah. I guess, like, I forgot about Christmas. That's, like, the first thing. It's, like, I never clocked that it was a Christmas movie. Christmas in Gotham, I think, is, like, super cool. Yeah. Who are the people who are lighting the tree? Are those? Like, the the mayor and the... Uh, yeah, why the, did I think they were more important than that? Eh, they're kind of okay. important. The mayor has to get like bumped off so that uh, Oswald can become the mayor, right? Uh, and the uh, the uh, 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 tree lighting girl has to get killed so that Batman can be framed for it. 
Right. I thought she was great. She doesn't yeah. like when Penguin comes in and is like, we need to get a picture of you. And she's like, cheese. He's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> the cheese is so good. She's so funny. Oh, man. What's her name? I had it down somewhere. What is Christy her? Conaway. Christy Conaway. Well yeah. done, Christy. She was fucking great. That's the thing. There's there's all these like little, small, nothing parts that don't really go anywhere or uh, get yeah. an arc or do anything, but are so funny. Everyone totally. that they got really killed it. It's awesome. Yeah. It's like, it reminds me of um, like guys and dolls in a weird way where like the Same whole, word. it's like a f- the fable, like a fable town. And like the opening sure. of guys and dolls is just like literally every citizen of that place gets like a two second little thing. Absolutely. Because you get like, there's a, it's a, just a full world. It's just good storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. And brought from so many different like eras and they like they studied like fascist architecture and like art deco and like people. Amazing. You can't really s- tell what time period it's set in. People no, are wearing fedoras. Yeah. The the press all have these old like 40s and 50s cameras that yeah. uh, but like uh, Bruce is dressed in like 90s kind of fashionable. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, what, so you can't really place it in a certain thing. So that's why Gotham feels like it does. It's so cool. It's very so, so cool. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's a cool thing. Does it? Does it have? Okay, so this is this is a question that I'm trying to uh, put into this series of okay. doing alternative Christmas movies. Does this movie have anything to say about the holidays? I mean, what did this movie say? The premise of this movie is that likely because of the holidays, a man is trying to reestablish his roots. (laughs) That's as far as I can go, I think. (laughs) I think. It's like... There must be some... Listen, I get miserable in the holidays. Christmas carols make me cry. Absolutely. Uh, I hate them. I hate it. Uh, Anything about Jesus, I'm like, I don't even know, like, I don't know her, but that, like, anything that's about Jesus makes me depressed. Mm-hmm. So I get that, like, he probably, he has the sads, he lives yep. underground, yep. he doesn't get enough daylight, he mm-hmm. probably doesn't get vitamin D unless mm-hmm. those fish are packed with them. Or C, so he's, like, malnourished, sad, it's colder out, it gets darker earlier. Yeah. And he sat one night eating some raw fish and was like, who am I? Like... <laughs> Who am I? Who am I? Yeah. I've got to be more than just this penguin. I got to be more than evil penguin. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I think so. I, 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 I love the idea of a story around Batman set at Christmas, yeah. like at holidays, because it's like he's the eternal lonely guy, right? Like he's yeah, he yeah, can't yeah. really hold down a relationship. He can't he can't even have a good relationship with his ward. Like when he gets Robin, he can't uh like right. Robin at first is given this great opportunity, but then eventually uh he's too fascist. He's he's right. too it's my way or the highway and Robin ends up leaving Gotham and going and becoming Nightwing cuz he's like I can't take it anymore. Amazing. Yeah. Get so out. I Get think out. that there's something Get so out, 
interesting about uh, Bruce Wayne being so broken from having lost his parents, the thing, the people that he wants the most, but then pushing everyone else away, but then juxtaposing that at a time where people get wistful. Like, I know yeah. my, my dad gets so wistful at holiday season. He really wants wistful. everyone to be together. He, yeah, he's yeah, crying yeah. at Christmas carols. He's yeah. he's sharing Christmas uh, commercials with me in August, like oh sending God. them on Facebook. It's insane. That's so, I, you know, there's there's something about that, about wanting the whole family to be together and Bruce Wayne not being able to. You can't totally. have the family yeah. together. You don't have anybody. You have Alfred. You got Alfred. You got Alfred, and you have a good, some good listening skills. They're like <laughs> Christmas movies in the '90s too were like, I think for audiences, were like a really that's like a really special kind of Christmas where there was just something about it was so lush and like uh, like home like it's the same kind of Christmas as like Home Alone feel, yeah. like feeling. So like that feeling of watching a movie that has that version of Christmas is like, yeah. Anyways, I think our, our generation connects with that a yeah. lot. I think. And I think that's that that's very accurate too. I think there's something about Home Alone and Home Alone Two that feels like that 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 wistful kind of emotional thing, but that there's a danger, there's a darkness in there still. Yeah, like yeah. Joe Pesci is scary. Daniel yes, Stern is. is ridiculous, but he's scary. Yeah, they're gonna scary. come if they get their hands on him. They're gonna fuck him up, right? So yeah, there's something fun about having a Christmas movie that's. Yeah, Back. not uh, Jingle All the Way. Jingle All the Way yeah. does never feel dangerous. <laughs> Even though Arnold Schwarzenegger I agree with you. The Santa Claus starring Tim Allen doesn't... doesn't does not feel, feel dangerous. dangerous. No, yeah. Aside from, like, roof safety. Like, you can, you can fall <laughs> yeah. off the <laughs> Yeah, um, everyone should be wearing yeah. tow ropes, but other than that... Totally, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, totally. And, like, it's, like, it, that's, like, good classic storytelling, too. It's, like, Dickens stuff, like... Yeah. Where, like, the prettiest time of year, there was such darkness. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's just too bad that it, like I think Tim Burton understands that there is something emotional there, and I think that he yeah. understands that it's aesthetically very beautiful to have snow on these huge yes. sets. Yeah, um, but it's not really explored because he's disinterested in Bruce Wayne, and I think Bruce getting into Bruce Wayne would have unlocked something more in the stories of Penguin and Catwoman. There, yeah, was, totally. He was yeah. too interested in in just showing the monsters, just playing with his dolls. Yeah, so I think that uh, I think that though this mo- I love this movie and this movie yeah. is a huge part of my childhood and I love this as a Batman movie because it feels like the thing that I say is 1989 Burton Batman is Burton trying to show he can do a blockbuster and right. then this movie is Burton taking Batman characters and making a Tim Burton movie out of it right rather right, right, than right. what kind of Batman movie can I make as Tim Burton. I don't think he was or like furthering the Batman narrative. Yeah. 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 He wasn't interested. In that. So I do think that that's a little disappointing being a person who is a huge Batman fan. However, right. you do get this incredible penguin character, incredible Catwoman, some amazing yeah. scenes. Totally. Like the I scene can't remember them, what the end. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. The, the scene of them dancing together and realizing mm-hmm. that a mistletoe is, uh, uh, it yeah. can be deadly if you eat it, but a kiss can be even deadlier if you mean it. Like, Beautiful. All of this movie also taught me about mistletoe. I had no idea that mistletoe was a thing until I saw this movie as a kid. Like you never knew the mistletoe, like you kiss under mistletoe or anything? No. I literally have a memory of being like, why is she Whoa. obsessed with that plant? I'm like, oh, <laughs> got it. Who could ever be obsessed with plants? Come on now. Listen. <laughs> God, we're covered in fucking forest. 
whatever. Pandemic's a weird thing to all of us, everyone. <laughs> um, do you think that this movie could ever become like a holiday uh, uh, tradition for you? Oh, 100%. This yeah. is like if I were to... If I were that person to have like traditional movies around yeah. things, this is a hundred percent part of it. No question. It's so good. When I when you sent me the list of movies, I was like, yeah, Batman Returns. Amazing. No question. Yeah. yeah. It's so good. It's so good. Okay, buddy. Well, that brings us to the end of our second segment, which means it's time for yet another game. You ready for this? Yes. Oh God. Hey, okay. it's gonna be so good. I'm excited. This is a game called. Uh, Reefer Madness. Reefer Madness. This is just an opinion uh, game. Uh, it, I always tell people that they can answer whatever, but if I'm asking you your opinion, of course you can. I don't know why I say that, but I say it every time. So you can answer whatever you want to any of these questions that are okay. just opinion questions. And I say it's a rapid fire round, but we all smoke weed here, so it's Great. not really that rapid. Awesome. Thank God. <laughs> it should be fun. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Are you a sativa diva, uh, uh, Canna Jones, or a hybrid or dibrid? I'm a sativa diva. Better believe it. Yeah. What is your favorite movie featuring cannabis? My favorite movie featuring cannabis? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I know. That's a very difficult. I know. I start off with the easiest question and then smoke you with the hardest Literally. one. Literally. Yeah. Uh, there, um, 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 <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I should have an answer to this. Why can't I picture any single movie where anyone is smoking a joint? This is ridiculous. What other? There's uh, these. Uh, there's well, there's Reefer Madness. There's uh, Pineapple Express. There's uh, uh, what is the what is the one that everyone says? Um, Matthew Can McConaughey. Be... You'd be cooler if you did. Oh, what's that fucking? Oh, movie? oh, 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 oh! August Osage County. <laughs> For that sixty six seconds. <laughs> <laughs> the young girl I love it. with her uncle. I've not yeah. heard that yet. That's very exciting. I love that. I'm very proud of myself that I had a response. <laughs> I am exciting. too. Um, okay. Fictional or real person you would most want to smoke with? Oh, I would want to smoke with Oprah. Oh, shit. Yeah. I think I would learn a lot. And I, I feel think like she would, would be too. super cool. Yeah. Yeah. I bet she yeah. fucking smokes weed too. She seems cool. She, uh, cool. Come on, yeah. Come on. She like she claps on two and four. She's a cool <laughs> chick. Like <laughs> she has to smoke some pot. <laughs> uh, uh, fictional or real place you'd most want to smoke? Oh, you know what? I'm gonna say Gotham City. I Gotham love City it. High. I was so hoping that would be incredible. Would. <laughs> that would be nuts. Yeah, it would be amazing. I'd be like, what's in this sewer? <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Why are all these streets at a Dutch angle? <laughs> Why is everything on an angle? Why is perspective so weird here? <laughs> and then I'd be a dick about it. I'd be like, oh, we're doing this. We're doing stylish, <laughs> stylish dark world. Cool. Groundbreaking. So this movie was shot completely indoors. So all of the sets are like humongous. And they were all on like track so that they okay. could move them around. So Michelle Pfeiffer was so furious because she would go to set and every day they would be in a different configuration so she could never find her way to where they were actually shooting. Oh my God. Insane. 
That's hilarious. Yeah, that's that's a horrible morning. You've just out of three hours of makeup. You're vacuum sealed into your costume. You're walking around in those heels, and you're like, "Was it left or right?" Where do I go? None of the streets make sense. Yeah. (laughs) Where's the water? Where's where's south? (laughs) Um, Movie that would be most improved if only the characters smoked cannabis. Oh, that is a good question. Movie that would be most improved. Um, I'm going to say like my favorite movie, which is Anna Green Gables. Like there would be no problems there. There's Absolutely only a few. Absolutely not. PEI grows that they got. great weed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I think if they just smoked a joint together at the very beginning, they would have been like, yeah, and you can stay. <laughs> and then there's no movie. Like, it just washes out. Or the two kids, instead of the sherry, they get into, they get into the fucking... <laughs> just, yeah. They pull out a bong. They pull out a volcano. <laughs> they pull out a like, volcano. How did rubber get invented? And they're like, don't ask questions. <laughs> just get high. <laughs> I love that. Anna Green Gables. I love that. Is there, there has to be a, a weed strain called raspberry cordial. There must be. No. Raspberry cough. This is similar. Diana Honestly, gro- growers, I found I found this. Weed people tend to listen to hip hop. I, yeah, okay. I, I, it's rare that I find the like. This is the musical theater. This is the like. Even the rock and roll stoners are tending to die away, oh. or like stop smoking weed or stop listening to rock and roll. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> one sweet. of the two. Yeah, but it's it's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty monochromatic. Yeah, I had a, a thing to say about that and i can't remember that's okay i'm sure it'll come back <laughs> it will come back um can you make the sound of your favorite consumption method <sighs> i love that that was a joint yeah that was a joint yeah <laughs> That was my solid breath work. I don't know. If, I, listen, we trained at the Soul Pepper Academy. We have the best mime skills in all the land. Oh, you wouldn't believe the mime skills. We can mime smoking huge cannons. We can mime smoking little teeny weeny pinners. <laughs> and climbing a wall, just in case. <laughs> um, do you have uh, Do you have any holiday movies that you watch around this time as a tradition oh. or a favorite? You know what? There used to be a tradition. I haven't done it in a while because, like, life is different for people in COVID. Sure. But um, around this time, it would be the time that me and my sister would come home from, or be at home for, from like university or or life or whatever for the holidays. Yeah. And like a tradition we had was watching Anna Green Gables, not stoned, sadly, but I like we'd watch Anna Green Gables and then Practical Magic somehow. Practical ah, Magic. Also, Anna Green Gables has nothing to do with Christmas. No, there's just like good, good, wholesome. Good wholesome Canadian vibes. vibes. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Good old Canadian vibes. All right. Speaking of good vibes, stick around because when we come back, Cosm Con is going to be puffing or passing on Batman Returns. Don't go anywhere. Hold on to the edge of your seat, folks. All right, Cosm, this is where we end it, buddy. Okay. <laughs> so, this is uh this is the last segment called Puffer Pass. So okay. on Batman Returns, do you puff or pass? Puffer pass. I puff. Yeah. I'm keeping it. I'm keeping it. It's satisfying to look at. Yeah. We got Catwoman. Yeah. 
I barely remember the plot. I'm going to have to watch it again. <laughs> Honestly, you got all the Catwoman stuff, and that's the most important shit anyways. Perfect. Yeah. Hell here. Hell, Wait, what? Because it's hello there, and then she smacks the two letters, yeah. and it becomes hell here. And I'm like, yeah. That's, yes. It's so good. She feels oh, much sure. younger. Yeah, no, I'm going to. I, um, yeah, I will watch it. I will totally watch it again. I have a <laughs> newfound respect for Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. This is great. Yeah, amen. Yeah. I love it too. Yeah. It's it's a part of my childhood. I was talking about this with with Kristen because we were theorizing about when you see a movie when you're young, you develop an emotional attachment to those moments from the first time you saw them. And you might be, you probably, you for sure are less discerning. So then right. when you come to watch it later, is it that, like we were talking about Tim Burton's movies specifically, is it that you lose you've lost that the inner the inner magic or the inner child the, right, the naivete right. and which yeah. it worked on you so well when you were in 1992 and you were that old years old um yeah. or is it that tim burton lost it along the way and i think we both decided that he did lose it along the way. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> i think so i think so because there's, there's elements of those movies that like last like the aesthetic of all of them is like pleasing decades decades later the music in a lot of them is oh um, man and especially like really solid like edward scissorhands and like beetlejuice and this and ed wood even all the way up to like big fish he was doing some cool things stretching yeah it's it's stretching yeah 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 Yeah. but uh alice in wonderland he's not he's not trying anymore no not trying anything with that and like and yeah, and we and we know that he's not interested in developing the Batman story. He <laughs> certainly is not. Nope. <laughs> nope. But hey, we got Catwoman. Yeah, and there's a yeah. oh, there's a whole new Bat Robert Pattinson's Batman now. So oh right. Yeah. yeah. Do you have feelings about that? Oh yeah, I'm I'm very excited. The see this is okay. The thing. Great. I I don't feel like I've completely lost the inner child because. People are like, oh, another Batman. We're having another Batman. And I'm like, oh, dude, this one is going to be fucking different. It's going to be so exciting. Matt Reeves is writing and directing it. He did those the two uh, Planet of the Apes movies with uh, okay, Andy cool. Circus that were fucking amazing. Not the shitty James Franco one, but the ones after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Oh, I just, yeah, I think it's going to be really exciting. It's like the second year of his being Batman, and it's right. a detective story, and Paul Dano is playing the Riddler, and Zoe Kravitz is a uh, uh, Catwoman. Yes! Oh, yeah. that'll be really cool. Yeah, I'm very excited. I'm into the, that. The trailer's pretty cool. If you're if you're still feeling a little high, you should look it up after. I 100% am, and will. <laughs> yeah. All right, buddy. Well, that's that's amazing. Thank you so much for doing this. This was such a fun conversation to have about one of my favorite movies. Um, Thanks for having me. Of course. Where can people uh, uh, find you, follow you online? Uh, follow me online, like um, uh, follow me on like Instagram or Twitter, and the thing is at the Cosm Con and the Cosm yeah. Con, love it. At the Cosm Con, um, yeah, I'm there. Say is hi. there is there anything uh, uh, that's upcoming that you people should be uh, looking out for? Yeah, I um, uh, at the beginning, I guess in February at some point. Uh, yeah, we're doing this play called The Antipodes at Coal Mine Theater in Toronto, and you can go to coalminetheater.com probably to to find out more about tickets and stuff. It's like one of the first shows back in Toronto inside, and like that's really exciting. That's really exciting. I definitely called it the Antipodes. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say. 
<laughs> I was like, is it the antipodes? No, no. And Antipodes sounds a lot. A lot. I knew Antipodes. Sounds like Greeker. Very, very much Greeker. It's Greeker. Greeker. But Antipodes sounds like a thing. Like, I would be equally excited to be working on Antipodes. Well, maybe they'll program that one next year. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, would you look at that, buds? That's the end of the show. Thanks so much for tuning in once again. You can follow my amazing guest, CossumCon, at the CossumCon on Twitter and Instagram. That is T H E Q A S I M K H A N. He's amazing. He's a great actor. If you ever get a chance to see him in theater, you should. You can follow uh, uh, the dude who is in charge of all the music that you heard today, including the brand new Christmas theme that you can hear right now. That's JJ Thompson at JJ and his dog on Instagram. Check out all of his accounts from there. He's the lead singer of JJ and the Pillars. He's a great guy. He's a great musician. Check his stuff out. Follow me at Danny Williston on Instagram and Twitter. You follow Let's Bogart at Let's Bogart on all the places, including uh, TikTok. And we're going to do some more TikToks. So come on over there if you want to see some cool stuff. Uh, And that does it for me. So thanks so much for tuning in and tune in next week when we Bogart once more. Listen, I get miserable in the holidays. Christmas girls make me cry. Uh, I hate them. I hate it. Uh, Anything about Jesus? I'm like, I don't even know. Like, I don't know her. But that like anything that's about Jesus makes me depressed. So I get that like he probably he has the sads. He lives underground. He doesn't get enough daylight. He probably doesn't get vitamin D unless those fish were packed with them. Or C. So he's like malnourished, sad, it's colder out, it gets darker earlier. And he sat one night eating some raw fish and was like, who am I? Like, who am I? Yeah. I've had more than evil penguin. Um, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>